It's Wednesday, June the 21st, 2023. I'm James Briarton in Charlotte, North Carolina, joined by Frank Strait in Columbia, South Carolina. He'll be bringing us the latest on the tropics coming up in just a few minutes. Also, the latest on a wildfire that continues to burn in Brunswick County, North Carolina. And flash flooding threat rolls on. We have active warnings in the Carolinas on this Wednesday night, scrolling at the bottom of your screen we're here with you if you're streaming live with us join the conversation and chat with frank and i by commenting on facebook or on youtube if you're listening to our audio podcast feed hello to you as well we'd like to welcome in james ruff and steve holmes who are new to our patreon family supporting the carolina weather group at patreon.com slash carolina weather group thanks to james and to steve and to all the other names now scrolling at the bottom of your screen who help make this show possible uh, Frank, tell us about your green screen background before we get any further into tonight's show, would you please? Uh, yes, those are the uh, two new babies in my life there. Uh, the human one is my new grandson, calling him AJ. And he was born uh, last Friday, so uh, he's or, or, so he's a little over a week old now. And uh, very happy to see him in the uh, feline when they're hurting Stormy. Uh, my son uh, actually found that kitten uh, in the middle of uh, Highway 29 uh, near Blacksburg, South Carolina, and uh, decided to bring him home, or her rather, home. And uh, so there's two babies in that house, and uh, it's a house full of love. Mom, baby, dad, and even me are doing fine. That I love to hear. I wish them the most restful nights possible. I know that doesn't come easy, as I'm sure every parent <laughs> listening right. to this podcast can remember. Uh, we do have a question from uh, Matthew, who's watching with us tonight on YouTube. What type of weather is expected tomorrow in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina? Spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure it's going to involve rain. Uh, we'll get to more in-depth forecast in just a moment. Frank, I know your internet connection is a little spotty tonight, so why don't we start with the tropics in case we happen to lose you during tonight's stream we are tracking tropical storm brett who i want to keep calling tropical storm bert but that's not the name of the storm but that's what my brain wants to make it uh, yes that's right it's tropical storm brett uh, which formed a couple of days ago i just uh, turned on the hurricane center's forecast here on uh, my favorite satellite website real earth from the university of wisconsin and uh, that's what we're looking at uh, that uh, westernmost blob uh, is uh, tropical storm brett which uh, originally we thought this was uh, going to take off and become a hurricane uh, here uh, east of the islands it's rare to get a storm in june even more rare uh, to get a storm in the uh, main development region of the atlantic ocean which that by the way is the area between 10 degrees north and 20 degrees north latitude uh, but uh, we didn't get the rare storm but it has struggled against uh, some some dry air and shear over uh, that part of the atlantic uh, originally there was some concern it might turn north and uh, maybe even possibly take a run uh, toward the east coast uh, but uh, that because it stayed weak uh, has not come to pass and at this point it looks as though it will not uh, because it stayed definitely far to the south but then you can see the forecast track which takes it into the lesser Antilles and there are now tropical storm watches and warnings in effect uh, for some of those islands so if you have travel bans uh, down to the lesser Antilles over the next day or so keep in mind that a tropical storm will be in your future but uh, Brett uh, it has struggled and looks as though it will continue to struggle a little bit uh, as it uh, drifts westward uh, the hurricane center's forecast keeps it largely steady state as a strong tropical storm 
uh, moving into the islands uh, over the next uh, 48 hours. And then once moving into the Caribbean, uh, the uh, shear really ramps up in that area and that should cause uh, Brett to be uh, torn apart and uh, weakened and uh, eventually uh, not even be a tropical cyclone anymore. We'll have to keep an eye on it. Uh, it uh, might hold together a little longer. It might fall apart and uh, then regenerate uh, over in the East Pacific. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, elsewhere in the tropics, we do have a couple of other uh, features of interest. Uh, there's a uh, tropical wave. You turned uh, that uh, forecast track off. So you can see this other tropical wave uh, here over the eastern part of the Caribbean. Not much thunderstorm activity there, so there's nothing to worry about really with it. Uh, another one over Honduras causing some showers and thunderstorms. And again, uh, not a concern for development in the Atlantic. Uh, looking to the east of Brett, uh, there is uh, another potential problem child out here. This is uh, Invest Area 93. Uh, it's a tropical wave that's moving along uh, about 40 degrees uh, west, uh, uh, or yeah, less 40 west right now and uh, as you can see there's a little area of low pressure that's formed along it we have thunderstorms consolidating near the center and uh, the national hurricane center gives that an 80 percent chance to form into a tropical cyclone uh, over the next 48 hours 90 percent chance over the next seven days so basically they're saying this thing's probably going to go and uh, get developed what is the next name on the list this year james i can't remember the sea storm Let's find out. It's probably not accessible. <laughs> yeah, Google character. has to be our friend. Ah, <laughs> uh, Cindy. I can't. Cindy, that's right. I heard that somewhere already and then forgot it. Anyway, uh, that probably will become a depression soon and uh, and possibly a tropical storm, which would be named Cindy if it, uh, if it does become named soon. Uh, that storm uh, has a better chance to, to go northward and uh, most of the computer models that were keeping it out to sea and maybe being a concern for Bermuda down the road. It will be something to keep an eye on, but it's probably not going to be an issue for us. Uh, meanwhile, looking farther east toward the African coast, Line, another fairly robust wave has just moved off of uh, Africa. There's this little cluster of thunderstorms here. That's not the wave we're interested in. It's the one here that's just coming off of Africa now. You can see a little bit of a spin there. So uh, that's something we'll also have to keep an eye on because uh, the water temperatures out there are much warmer than usual. Uh, all across the Atlantic, or at least the tropical Atlantic right now, uh, these waters are a, a good three to five degrees uh, Fahrenheit above what you'd expect in, in June. So uh, when we have uh, August-like water temperatures, you have uh, August-like risk for development out there. So uh, these unusually warm waters uh, remain a, a factor for us as we go through the rest of the tropical season. And that's yeah. all I got, James. Back to you. Probably worth noting, and I know Frank knows this, but it's one of the most popular questions we've been receiving on social media week after week is what's the state of the El Nino? And although it is now fully in effect and typically might mean we get less than average development, at least in the Atlantic Basin, when you factor in that it's like a hot tub out there, you know, not one factor alone is going to exclusively sway us one way or the other. So those temperatures, let me put the temperatures back on the screen here for those of you watching along with us visually on YouTube or on Spotify. I mean, that is, that's real warm out there, Frank. Uh, yeah, it sure is. Like I said, it's three to five degrees Fahrenheit above above average over the tropical Atlantic. And uh, actually even uh, farther north, uh, uh, up to about 30 degrees north latitude, it's, it's 
warmer than average by several degrees. So uh, the waters are, are warmer than usual out there, uh, way warmer than usual, actually, almost historic. So uh, that is uh, that is definitely a factor. And like you said, El Nino was one factor this year. And it, uh, El Nino situations, when that's going on in the East Pacific, we tend to have uh, unfavorable upper-level winds uh, over the Atlantic Basin most of the time because the upper-level winds are out of the West. Uh, your trade wind flow over the tropical Atlantic side of the east. So those are opposite directions. That means you'll have a lot of shear over the Atlantic. Uh, well, uh, that's that's the case right now. There's especially over the Caribbean. Uh, but those warm waters are something to concern. Anytime that shear relaxes and you have a disturbance uh, that uh, that is primed to form, there's a good chance that it will. So uh, those are two conflicting factors. Those are the things we look at as well. Uh, for seasonal hurricane forecasting, but those are the two most important things, those water temperatures and uh, the potential for, for shear from El Nino or the opposite situation like we've had the last few years, La Nina, when there's typically not much shear, you have active hurricane seasons. Frank and I and hundreds of our closest weather friends got the opportunity earlier this month to meet in Colombia for an integrated weather team, a decision support team meeting hosted by the Hurricane Center, National Weather Service, National Hurricane Center, uh, emergency managers were there, broadcast media was there, uh, Frank's office was there from state government, and and Frank, I feel like we learned a lot, and we could certainly probably spend a whole hour talking about all the things we learned at that amazing conference we went together, but as you were talking about the tropics and we were looking at those positions of those waves, you know, one of the things I heard, I think for the first time at that conference was this mention of these Herbert boxes and North Carolina State Climate Office is amongst those who have written about them. And you can see them on the screen if you're watching visually along with us tonight, but their research has found looking at climate, looking at stats over the years that there are these magic spots these positions out there in the Atlantic Basin, into the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean Sea that, you know, it says here that one third of storms that pass through either one of these boxes eventually hit Florida. And they've even crunched the numbers to show boxes for at least North Carolina. Uh, and we, of course, as you might suspect, they'd kind of have to slide to the north of Puerto Rico and Cuba to get that curve. But, you know, I guess nothing is for certain and nothing has to follow the rules but i this was one of the takeaways for me frank that was not something i was familiar with did you walk away from that conference with anything new uh yeah that's definitely something that was new to me and something i think we'll, we'll have to look into in the south carolina state climate office that's my day job by the way that's where i work these days and uh, yeah we need to look into that because uh there there's definitely something to that for florida there's something to it for north carolina i have the feeling that what's true for north carolina is probably mostly true for south carolina too i mean just looking at where those boxes are i think hugo tracked through those boxes for example so yeah uh, that that's that's one example of a of a major hurricane that tracked through those boxes and then hit south carolina so uh, it's definitely something we, we need to think about and, and uh, maybe do some research of our own in South Carolina. I look forward to that. I know you and Melissa, who we also had the pleasure of seeing at the conference, are real good at digging through the archives, as we saw with your uh, snow. Was that 1972? 73, yes. The, 73. The, 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 the blizzard of 73, I'm calling it from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I look forward to that. Was, I think uh, there was blizzard conditions occurred in Florence with that storm. Yeah. I think there's uh, certainly a lot uh, to look into there. And uh, I'm interested to learn more because I think any piece of information we can use 
to help give us guidance. Again, no piece of one, just because it happened in the past doesn't mean it'll happen again. Just because it didn't happen in the past doesn't mean it will. But like there's there's clearly a trajectory on where a lot of these storms will come from in order to spin up in the right direction or turn up, as we saw there with the Bermuda High graphic. Let's uh, let's turn to flash flooding here as uh, we are continuing to track uh, more persistent rains moving across the Carolinas. Looking at video here from WCNC Charlotte, my day job, uh, this is Kannapolis, North Carolina, one of the areas where we have seen a flash flood warning and evacuations. Uh, photos here of about 30 residents who were evacuated uh, from this neighborhood, not too far from the Rowan County line. This during persistent heavy rain that came this week. Uh, also probably worth noting in this area, tornado warnings that also occurred. Although flash flooding and tornado warnings aren't necessarily the same thing, we just have been having these almost training storms over the north suburbs of Charlotte. But it's not just Charlotte. Take a look here at the latest HRRR computer run over the course of the next 36 hours. And you can see as we head through Thursday and into portions of Friday, we're going to continue to see on again, off again, showers and thunderstorms. It's not constant. It's not all the time. But if you get some of those heavy rains in the right spot, there is certainly the chance for more flooding. The Weather Prediction Center from NOAA has almost all of the Carolinas in a slight risk for flash flooding as we look at their outlook for Thursday. That means at least a 15% chance of seeing flash flooding within 25 miles of any point, which in this case is nearly all of the Carolinas. Uh, Frank, uh, here in Charlotte, I know it's been raining for days. I've turned off my sprinklers because there's simply no point in watering. Mother Nature is providing all of that for us. But now we have to be concerned with the grounds are very saturated. We saw large trees coming down here today in Charlotte because the soil is so wet. And low-lying areas, creeks and streams, are already struggling in some places to hold on to some of this water. And then it's got to go someplace. It's got to work its way through the watershed. So this is going to be kind of a, a Carolina-wide event as we look at least through Thursday and into portions of Friday. What's it like there in Columbia? Uh, well, it's been wet the last few days. And uh, it's, it's kind of weird the way things have been in South Carolina lately. A, a lot of some areas of the state have, have had some pretty good rain. Other areas have not. My backyard is one of the area that has not until a few days ago. Uh, and then we've had a, some deluges the last couple of days and it looks as like looks like a, another deluge or two is on the way over the next couple of days so uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on that but uh, large, large parts of the state have had good rain and then there was the uh, uh, kind of extreme rate event that happened uh, early yesterday morning uh, over parts of the upstate and extended to parts yeah. of Western North Carolina too. Uh, that was actually pretty bad around my parents uh, in, in Polk County. Uh, they even had a bridge washed out up there. Uh, so uh, there, there's some pretty extreme rains. My, my dad's rain gauge was overflowing. <laughs> Radar indicated uh, uh, estimates of seven inches uh, in, in his area there. His rain gauge only went to five and it was full that morning. So he had plenty of rain and uh, there was some, certainly some uh, significant flooding uh, around Polk County and uh, again, surrounding areas too. So uh, yes, uh, and more rain is not going to be a good thing. It, it looks as though the next wave of rain is, uh, uh, judging by the uh, HRRR model, the HER model, mm -hmm. uh, shows uh, a, a pretty good wave of rain developing uh, late tonight toward daybreak tomorrow. And uh, that'll be no fun for the morning mute in Columbia. It's already every man for himself on the roads around here uh, going, going to work.
in the morning and uh, then you get wet roads and uh, things get, uh, get even more dicey. So uh, be careful tomorrow morning going to work in Columbia and uh, Charleston, too, and uh, other cities around the state that uh, look as though they'll be seeing some uh, locally heavy rainfall going on during that morning rush tomorrow. Uh, it looks as though the rain just kind of lifts northward. It may get to Charlotte uh, during the rush or just afterward. Uh, may get to the Winston-Salem Triad area there uh, during the morning hours, too. So uh, this is something we have to keep an eye on. Yeah, James just called my screen up. This is uh, 8 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, simulated radar reflectivity, 9, 10, 11, uh, noon here. So a little wave of rain showing up and other uh, short-range models are showing. So uh, this is something uh, definitely to keep an eye on. Uh, definitely allow your time to get to work tomorrow morning uh, across uh, the I-26 corridor in South Carolina and going up 77 towards Charlotte. Yeah, I think the morning rush here in Charlotte is going to be real interesting tomorrow. You mentioned those rain gauges. Let's take a look at what Coco Ross reporters across the region. You can see that the Carolinas is the hot spot as uh, we take a look at what has fallen over the course of the last 24 hours. And if we were to expand that out uh, to show you what has fallen across the Carolinas this week, according to you at home who are submitting your measurements, we can see, as Frank mentioned, there have been spots that have easily surpassed seven inches or so upstate South Carolina. You can see numbers as high as nine inches. And we have multiple reports of nine inches in different spots. It's not uniform. It's it's just these localized amounts where the right amount of interaction with the terrain or the right training of storms has really upped some of these numbers. I mean, we're looking at almost 12 inches of rain has fallen in places in northern McDowell County where the flash flood guidance certainly remains high as we continue to look as Frank and I have been talking about here at the increased chances of more rain over the course of the next few days. So uh, one of those storms in the wrong place, Frank, and we could certainly be seeing more flash flooding. Turn around, don't draw. Uh, turn around, don't drown. If you see flooding on roadway, you want to find an alternate route. I think what my tongue was trying to say there, Frank, was turn around, don't drive, which probably is also true. <laughs> it might be just as well to not drive at all. If you can work from home tomorrow, it might be a good day to do that. Yes. <laughs> help, help keep the uh, traffic level down on, on some of the roads around here where, like I said, things get a little crazy sometimes, as, as I know from firsthand experience. <laughs> uh, frequent YouTube viewer Matthew with us. He's in South Carolina right now, heading back to North Carolina tomorrow on Thursday, and he knows that he'll expect some storms along the way. He was asking about Pilot Mountain earlier in the show, and as Frank and I were just showing you on the model runs, expect more of those heavy pockets of rain at times. They're going to be scattered in nature. It's hard for us to pinpoint exactly when they'll be in Pilot Mountain or any one location other than the fact that everyone's just going to need to continue monitoring for some of those heavy rains at time moving across the region. Uh, right. Yeah. Like I was saying in, in a talk that I gave uh, earlier today uh, where I talked about computer models and, and the way they are, computer models, they, they give you a general idea of what the radar might look like in the morning, but it won't look exactly like that. Uh, keep that in mind, just because the computer model says there's going to be uh, a big thunderstorm that might, they might be showing a big thunderstorm over your house first thing tomorrow morning. It may not be there. It may be 40 miles west of you or 40 miles east, or there may be uh, a, a big line of thunderstorms that moves through instead. Uh, the models, they're always wrong about something. So just keep that in mind. They, you can't take what they say as gospel. Yeah, I think we're going for the gist, right? We know that there right, will be exactly. pockets of storms where there'll be... Right. Your guess is as good as right. mine. may not necessarily hit your house, but it may be nearby. Yeah. Or it may hit your house. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I know my rain gauge is certainly 
racking up the number this week. I'll be curious to see what we get by the end of the week. Uh, Frank, before we go tonight, take a look at this video from the North Carolina Forestry Service. They're continuing to battle the pulp road fire in Brunswick County, North Carolina. This is not too far from the Wilmington area, not too far from the state line either. The fire goes by a couple different names. Uh, We're calling it the Pulp Road Fire. That's certainly what they're calling it as well, too. If you've been following us on our Spotify feed or on our YouTube feed, you know we've been uh, keeping a close eye on this. Here's some of the latest tonight from the North Carolina Forest Service where firefighting operations are continuing. Good news, they've got the fire now contained at about 65%. It's estimated to be over 15,000 acres, that is, with 91 total personnel on scene. A reminder that containment just means they're trying to build a perimeter around the fire. It's not the percentage that's extinguished, but it's the percentage that is contained within one area. The Forest Service knows that that area is going to burn and they're trying to keep it from spreading no injuries no threat to other property this area frank has not seen a fire in over 70 years not since the 1950s and so the forest service says there's lots of accumulated fuel just sitting there on the forest floor and the pictures are absolutely incredible that they shared from a helicopter earlier this week Right. Yeah. Hopefully we can get some rain over that area tomorrow morning and uh, the models actually are showing that uh, that's, this wave of rain coming through will uh, affect that area as well. And uh, we hope so. That'll help the firefighting efforts for sure. Yeah, it's probably worth noting. Some of you may know it as the Green Swamp Fire. That's because the fire is burning inside the Green Swamp Nature Preserve. Uh, This is a remote area. It is normally a nature preserve, which means there's not a lot of structures. That's certainly good news as we continue to monitor the wildfire efforts. As Frank mentioned, rain will help but they'll have to combat winds. The winds have also been carrying the smoke. Air quality in Brunswick County and surrounding areas now at a code yellow, which is an improvement. But if you are sensitive to air quality, it's another day to either travel far away from this region or stay indoors with the windows shut. Might be running your air conditioning, anything that might have a filtering mechanism to it. There's also a temporary flight restriction in place. So whether you're a drone pilot or an actual aviator, you can't fly under 2,500 feet. That's because weather permitting they're going to be flying those uh, firefighting apparatus to try to combat the fire both from the ground and from the air mm-hmm. yep and uh, we're trying to call california and tell them to take their weather back this, right this month has been such <laughs> an eye-opening experience <laughs> right yeah they're actually happy with what they're getting out there they're still getting rain it usually is dried out there by this time of year so uh they're they're actually happy with their weather for a change <laughs> yeah Um, You know, I think I have learned a lot about air quality uh, this month alone, thinking back to when we had the Canadian wildfire smoke that was being carried down into this region. Those fires are continuing to burn. So it's another thing to kind of keep an eye on here as we continue into the summer months, into the hurricane season months. The weather certainly seemingly swinging more into an active pattern. We also know that in um, conjunction with some of that flooding threat and some of those heavy rain threats that we'll be watching across the area on Thursday, the Storm Prediction Center does have a marginal risk, a tier one out of five for the chance of seeing severe weather if you're along the coastal regions of the Carolinas, including 
Angela, who's watching from New Bern. This area of marginal weather does kind of slip just to the south and east of the Charlotte area, but does include portions of the Augusta and Columbia areas in South Carolina. The biggest risk, again, like most of these storms, could be some damaging wind. Although, hey, we had some surprise tornado warnings in the Charlotte area earlier this week, so you can never say never, right, Frank? Right. Yeah, weird things can happen, even in a situation that's not necessarily conducive for tornadoes, but you can get odd things to happen near the coast. The sea breeze uh, can interact with uh, storm outflow and and give you enough spin to get an isolated tornado. Uh, You can have two outflow boundaries come together and uh, result in just enough spin in the atmosphere if they come together just the right way that if if there's a thunderstorm nearby that, then you have enough spin there and you can have a tornado uh, form that way too. So just because there's Uh, A low risk for tornadoes doesn't mean there's a zero risk for tornadoes. That's absolutely right. We know so many of you have found the Carolina Weather Group, whether it was during our severe weather coverage that took place of our episode last week or during our tropical or fire updates this past weekend. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. We are a weekly show discussing weather, science and technology and more from the Carolinas and beyond. You'll find us right here in your feed each Wednesday. You can support us at patreon.com slash Carolina Weather Group. Or if you'd rather have something to sport like this snazzy hat, you can scan that QR code or the link that's now in the description to buy hats, mugs, and more from our merch store. Frank and I aren't making any money, but it helps keep the lights on. Also help me buy a new webcam. Check this out. It tracks me. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. There you go. Now you can see me in high definition. Because no one wants That's to know right. the state of the camera I had before this. It was gnarly. It helped us buy the green screen. That's behind Frank so that you can see his cute babies, both fur and human. That's the type of stuff that your merch purchases purchases support. So we do appreciate all of that. Thanks to Shelly, who's watching on YouTube. And thanks to all of you across the Carolinas and beyond. Stay safe as we continue to track storms. You can find real-time weather updates and alerts on our YouTube channel, the Carolina WeatherNet, and on our Twitter account, the Carolina Weather Group, where we'll tweet flash flood warnings so long as the bot continues to operate. All seems well for now. Frank, I'll talk to you again real soon. Good to see you. Yep, good seeing you too. Bye-bye. Bye.